Welcome to Press Play and Surrender. I'm your host, Owen McQuinn, and I'm an Irish filmmaker and actor. This is my chance to speak to artists of all kinds, as well as industry players, from up-and-comers to established talent. It's a space for in-depth conversation, where personal insights and unexpected tangents are very much encouraged. You're listening to Press Play and Surrender. My guest today is Naomi Sheridan. Naomi is an Oscar-nominated screenwriter best known for her film In America, which she co-wrote with her father Jim Sheridan and sister Kirsten Sheridan. She has also written projects for HBO, Sky TV, Element Pictures, and NBC. Naomi and I met each other on a screenwriting MA, and it was great to have a chance to learn more about her career and her background. So this is my chat with Naomi Sheridan. So, hi, Naomi. How are you doing today? Great, great. Thanks a million. Good to see you. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited to talk to you. There's so many questions I want to ask you uh, about your career. You and I know each other, of course, from the screenwriting MA we both did a couple Mm -hmm. of years ago. So we're well used. We did it during the pandemic. So we're well used to this kind of Zoom interface where we see each other (laughs) framed in this way. Uh, no, yeah. at a remove but still very present actually that might be a good place to start like what made you want to do a screenwriting MA and what did you maybe get out of it well I wanted to do it really because I'd been writing for a while but I never really kind of done it through a kind of formal class type situation and I also thought it'd be interesting to maybe start teaching screenwriting as well because I'd been writing for so long myself and I thought it would be a great way to meet fellow writers like yourself and get really great feedback and um, I was so delighted I did it because I you know I thought everyone in the class was great and I'm really happy I met everyone and and the lecturers were really uh, helpful with the feedback too so it was a really good experience and all despite the fact that it was all online (laughs) yeah I honestly don't know it doesn't feel like that long ago to me but I don't know what I would have done without it you know like during that time how would I have filled my time I guess I would be writing but it would be you know it's always hard to self-motivate compared to when you have like a tutor telling you it needs to be done by this date or so on but um yeah no it was a great experience it was a challenge I guess Mm. um but um it was really great and it's a great way to meet people um because it can be quite an isolating you know experience very solitary experience being a writer so to meet your fellow writers yeah I still do find that myself like sometimes I love it and then other times I'm like oh god you know, you do feel quite isolated or you just want to get out and like the last thing you want to do is kind of sit in your house on your own for hours, you know? But it was a great experience. And like you're saying, it was nice to have that kind of some some kind of structure in your life during that um, whole, the whole pandemic time. And I mean, I don't know what else I did except maybe met people for walks. I went to the supermarket. It was so boring. (laughs) Yeah. Out in the cold in the parks because you couldn't sit inside even, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, but um, I guess 
what I didn't realize as well, I felt quite isolated. And I think you and I met up a couple of times in the park, mm. but I hadn't realized that you were the writer of in America when I first mm-hmm. heard you. For some reason, didn't connect your name and that film. But um, I think a lot of us in the class were huge fans of that film. So we felt okay. very privileged to have you in our midst, I think, and to learn from you, um, especially by reading your screenplay, um, which I did read. It's called Faith, right? Yeah, Faith. Yeah. And that was the one that you did under the guidance of the tutors at the MA, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I finished that. Yeah, I've done a couple of rewrites on that and... Um... Yeah, I'm happy in, uh, where, where it is now, but it was it was really interesting to do it, as I was saying, with, you know, all the feedback. And I think I gave it to a couple of people and like yourself. And I think then I read a couple of other scripts. So it was a really interesting kind of way to approach it. And I, I remember we didn't have that long to write the screenplay after like we had done our uh, other essays and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? But um, it was actually really good motivator, like, you know, um, yeah. otherwise it would probably have taken me a lot longer. So, yeah, um, I'm happy enough where that is now. So hoping to hoping to kind of continue with that one, you know? <laughs> yeah, of course. No, I was really, you know, I was so impressed by it. And it was so, uh, your writing style is very, like, sparse and not over adorned with, you know, verbose phrases like it's very clear there's a clarity to it that I loved and um and you know the characters really jumped off the page and it just felt very sensitive and just beautifully done so I really hope to see it on the screen one day um but I'd like to hear more about maybe your upbringing um and how you first you know developed an interest in filmmaking um or movies and storytelling yeah um well you know my we kind of had we lived in ireland for a while and my dad was heavily involved in theater so i always remember like one of my first memories as a kid is you know going to bed and i'd hear him typing like because it was like typewriter then like you know and it was like you know it's a much louder noise but i kind of started to associate it with a comfort thing because i knew someone was up and you know i was like safe in the house and um and I remember myself personally I kind of got into writing more so through the idea of it through books like you know um I remember when I was like eight someone gave me the line the witch in the wardrobe the whole set and I was like blown away by I loved kind of escapism and fantasy and stuff but um, um but my dad heavily involved us all in in writing you know what I mean he would read out stuff to us and we'd always go to his rehearsals and stuff because sometimes my mom would be, you know, a teach. She was, a, my mom was a teacher. So she'd be teaching during the day and we'd sometimes go to the afternoon rehearsals. And then we moved to New York when I was like eight or nine, I think it was nine. And that was like a huge culture shock because, um, I mean, we went from Ballybock, which is like kind of, it's not like it's, it's close to town. So it's like, you know, a kind of urban environment, but nothing compared to like, you know, midtown Manhattan, like Hell's Kitchen, where we were. So that was a huge culture shock. But it was also great in a way because it was like, you know, a big adventure. And I think we learned a lot from that, you know, and 
we kind of had a lot of independence and you know my mom would like I remember when I was 12 I'd be going on the subway by myself because my mom was working and stuff and, um I always reminded her of that when you know my younger sister she wouldn't let her go out anywhere and I'd be like ah, hello <laughs> you know I'd be on the subway when I was 12 but that was just out of necessity <laughs> but it was a really kind of interesting change you know and my mom and dad made a very very like an adventure even though they had no money and we were kind of like in a, what would have been a very small apartment what would have previously been a tenement apartment it was like a you know railroad apartment that was quite small but they always made it seem you know like we were having this this big great adventure which you know really helped and so then I think in terms of writing I was always interested more so in writing um, than anything else, but I would have done short stories initially, you know? And then I remember like when I was writing short stories um, and thinking about sending them out, I was always very scared of the sending it out into the world aspect, but a lot of the magazines that would have printed short stories back then were kind of drying up. So um, I don't think a lot happened with that. And then I was always kind of like thinking I had to wait for inspiration to write a script or that. And then my dad came along and asked me to write, you know, a version of In America. And I was like, no way. I don't want to write about my childhood. Yeah. And uh, then he got his producer to come and meet me and be very like in a restaurant. And it was all very formal. And then I was like, oh, this is all like a real thing. And <laughs> I felt like I couldn't say no. So, so, but that interestingly, because I kind of, because my dad was very persistent about it. Once I started writing that, um, like it was interesting to kind of try and do your own life. There was a lot of challenges with that. But once I started writing that, I immediately, once that ended, got ideas for the next script. And I realized, you know, I'd been kind of sitting around waiting for this idea to come to me, which was a big mistake. And so I was really yeah. glad I was almost forced into it, really. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, that's really cool. But did you were then were you then living in New York all up until your late teens, or did you move back to Ireland at any stage? Um, we were there from <clears throat> I, I was like nine to fifteen. Um, we came back I think for three months when my dad did some theater show over here, and then I think mm. we even went to like scotland and toured around with a theater company so we were like on tour yeah. in the bands and stuff which is brilliant experience um <clears throat> but overall we were there i think six or seven years so i came back when i was 15 and then i think i was here till i was 23 or something and then i went mm. back there again so i kind of did that for like a lot of my life like two years here three years there and and so on you know yeah and um, so obviously you were kind of engrossed in this world of theatre and storytelling and your dad being who he was. Did you have a sense when you were that age, like of the cultural significance of your dad's films in Ireland for people who go to the movies or even internationally? Um, I didn't really because it was he was more into theatre, you know, and uh, there was no real sense of film it was always like he was theater director you know and he okay. when we went to america he was the director like the theatrical director of the irish arts center 
um, which was a special job. And so he could work there because he had a job like only an Irish person could do. So that's why he could like legally go there. But um, so I think then in terms of film, he um, he got an offer to write um, My Left Foot, I think, or to co-write it or something. Um, or yeah, I think it was something like, I'm, t- I'm sorry, I'm trying to remember the details, but my mom said to him, you know, get on that plane and meet Daniel. Daniel Day-Lewis was attached and she said, get on the plane and meet him. And I think Daniel then, and my dad got on great and Daniel said he wanted him to direct it. And then once he directed it, like we were kind of like clueless because I, I think I was like 14 or 15 or something when it came out and we were like, well, Hollywood stars are going to be in it. Like that's, that was my kind of thing, like, you know? Right. Um, so didn't really realize how cool it would be till afterwards, you know? But then I remember yeah. like around in the name, but for us, we had this weird sense of film as being this easier thing. It was kind of a false sense in a way that like film was an easier thing because my dad had been like really trying hard to, in theater for years and then film seemed to just take off. So we kind of thought, yeah. oh, it's this magical, <laughs> you know, right. industry where things happen really fast, which isn't really the case, but I think at the time there was a great sense of the film was kind of starting to be recognized in Ireland. And I remember around in the name of the father time, it was like, oh, wow, like there's a whole kind of group of people emerging that are getting to tell stories. And that was that was great. Like, you know, so uh, I kind of guess I I guess we had a sense of it more. So I, I probably would have had a sense of it more. So maybe not with my left foot. And I didn't even funny enough, like we met Daniel Day-Lewis and he was kind of not even known at the time. So we were just like, hey, you know. Um, so I wasn't really aware of the kind of impact maybe until like Name of the Father. Then I was getting yeah. a bit older. I was like, well, there's some... it was really nice to see kind of cool stuff happening in film in Ireland in general, like, you know. Yeah. Um, I think you mentioned to me before, you know, maybe in the mid 90s that yourself and your sisters would... Uh maybe read the scripts that your dad were was getting like offered to him and just was curious you know what were you learning about screenwriting by reading good scripts or bad scripts that happened to be you know floating around um in the offing yeah i mean <clears throat> i think it was great in a way because we didn't really like we hadn't really had any formal education in it. like i you know i wasn't um I hadn't read any books on it, but we were just reading stories all the time, like, you know, so we were kind of getting a sense of structure and, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> I think I remember reading the Truman Show back then. That was one of our favorite scripts. There was a lot of kind of average scripts or very formulaic scripts. You know, there was one certain, um, <laughs> there was one certain I won't say like one certain agency that would send out scripts and we'd be like, if we wanted to read something really quickly, we'd always read that script. Like, you know what I mean? Cause it would be okay. very kind of short formulaic, but that was kind of like something I learned. I didn't really want to do cause they felt very similar. You know, they all felt mm. quite similar. And then <clears throat> um, reading scripts by Irish writers was really interesting as well because sometimes they were more dense but there was often a lot better character development and stuff you know so that was interesting to see different uh styles as well like you know yeah but I Um, remember reading 
I, sorry. <laughs> I remember no, go reading, ahead. I think Truman Show was one of my favorites. Um, I think, uh, but that was actually interesting as well because that was a much more, a much darker sci-fi screenplay and then it became a much kind of more comedic thing which was an interesting choice I think that that did work for yeah me. but um I think yeah and I remember reading Father of the Bride which was like I was not into it all but I that was like a huge success like you know it, yeah uh, it was funny like because uh, uh, there would have been a lot sent to the house at a certain certain point in time like you know yeah so then by the time you were kind of persuaded into writing and co-writing your own kind of based on your own childhood, what was that like? You know, what's it like collaborating with your family about, you know, especially on a writing project? Yeah, you know, interestingly, uh, in a way that was easier to collaborate on than some other stuff that was like that I did in the future because I kind of felt like I didn't have the, you know, I kind of, I did my script and then I felt, and then we all did a script together, but I felt much more easy in letting it go in a way, like, you know what I mean? Because I was like, that's my experience, that's what it is, and then kind of do what you like with it, you know? Um, and it was interesting because, as I said, my dad got his producer, Arthur, who's a lovely guy, um, meet me in in the restaurant and uh, they asked me to write the script and I was traveling I think to California so I wrote it all when I was like going through America and thinking about my childhood which was hard because I was a very shy kid so I initially didn't want to do it at all like you know and I think my version was a bit more comedic than at, at, at the start um, and it was interesting because Kirsten wrote a script as well and we had completely different memories, I think. And I'd be like, I don't remember that. And she'd be like, I don't remember that scene you wrote at all. <laughs> like, you know? But That's it was a great really way to get like loads of different material, you know? And then when we all put it together, um, that was really interesting and it changed again. But it really, what was interesting about that, what was my dad had tried to write it a few times himself, you know? Um, and it would be weird because it was our lives, but it felt like weirdly like it didn't work in a way, which is a so weird thing about, uh, you know, your own life turning into fiction because sometimes it doesn't work, even though that was your life, because it was always like about going to America and the American dream and then like kind of making it and stuff. And it always was like, oh, this is not working. And you know, we'd love the scripts my dad write to, wrote till a certain point and then they would like not really work at the end. So that's why he, he wanted a whole kind of family experience more so than his own experience. And what was interesting as well was, I think it was when he brought Frankie into it, which is like his brother who died, you know, um, that's when it really gave the film weight. And, mm. and I think it, it made it much str like stronger in a way, like, yeah. you know, it might've felt a bit lighter before, but I think, yeah, that was that was something that really gave it a lot of uh, strength, you know. Yeah, and, and it was and... It, it was something I think my dad kind of. It's a big thing for him that he also kind of works through, true film in a way, you know. Would you say it almost had a cathartic process? Um, for yeah, yourselves, I, mean, I, think so. I also think it's something you kind of need to keep going through, you know. Like maybe I kind of need to keep addressing it, you know. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So that was that was interesting. And I, of course, then, you know, my dad uh, improvised some stuff on set as well. And, and as he always does. But um, what was interesting as well was I was there for some of it was shot in Ireland and some of it was shot in New York. And Kirst, my sister Kirsten was here for the shooting in Ireland and I was in New York for the shooting over there. Um, and which she was telling me beforehand, she was like, Naomi, I met the girls like, you know, uh, Sarah and Emma who played us, you know. And uh, she was like, oh, my God. She was like, Sarah was reading The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. And I was like, ah, that's crazy because it was like the same stuff I liked as a kid. And yeah. Emma was like really outgoing and almost kind of like my dad was always joking that she was like directing him or so, you know, yeah. they were very like what we had been like at that age, you know. Yeah. I mean, did you have anything to do with the casting process of that or was that all your dad or? No. Not really, no. I, 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 I don't know what. Yeah, um, I mean, I thought the cast was brilliant, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, I just think it all would have happened in Ireland and I wasn't here, so it was more so mm. that. Because I actually got involved in other films with the casting when I was around because I loved the casting process. I think it was oh, okay. Yeah. Um, um, but I thought the cast was perfect for the film, like, and the kids amazing. were great. And, such a beautifully acted film like i remember going to see it in the cinema and just being blown away especially by the scene where they're at the carnival and he's like <laughs> gonna try and win the prize you know and he's like putting everything on it like i just remember yeah. that being so engrossing you know um and so then i mean the film was amazingly well received like it got nominated for so many awards and stuff i mean how did that feel to have that reception and what was the experience like of going to the Oscars, for example? Yeah, it was weirdly surreal, you know? <laughs> um, and yeah, it was kind of crazy because I don't know, I, I was waiting tables in New York at the time, I remember, and like, I'd be like <laughs> trying to like, you know, just do my job there. And my dad would be calling on the phone and be like, we need to talk about the Oscars. And they want us to do this and that prep. And I'd be like, I have to get a dessert for someone. And he'd be like, this is important. And then the Italian guy I was working for was like, your dad, father's calling too much, you know? And it was like, so it was weirdly like a strange yeah. mix of like reality and this kind of fantastical, surreal world. Like, yeah. But it was amazing to go to, you know? Um, uh you know uh it was interesting i think we met a lot of similar uh, you know people who were on the same were doing this press and so we got to know some of the people i think the guys who had done up were doing it at the same time they they were really cool guys um and uh, i remember like martin sheen invited us over to his house and they had this dinner for us and they were pouring us wine. I was like, this is, this is really bizarre, <laughs> but they were actually yeah. the nicest people ever. And it was like yeah. such a lovely, lovely evening, like, you know, but it was very like, you're kind of going, I was like, it's weird to think I'll be back just in New York at my job next week. you know? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and then it must have opened doors though, or it must have led to some other opportunities did that materialize in the next few years or not really as much as I thought to be honest but I think that had a lot to do with my own kind of I was a bit naive about the business and I wasn't very pushy you know um 
I did sell a TV show after that, like and that I think was hugely kind of influenced by that. But then that all kind that never came to fruition. So there was a few things that happened afterwards. Like I was commissioned to write a few things, but like uh, often those things, often you're commissioned to write a lot of stuff that doesn't get made, you know. So that can be kind of hard after that high, you know what I mean? Um, it maybe in some way gave me a false impression of the business yeah. you know what i mean i have yeah. to say because i probably thought it was it was easier than it was you know what i mean and and or i kind of thought oh you if you just write something you really love and you're really passionate about it and you put so much into it things will work out and often that's not the case and there's a lot more to it than that and a lot more mm. kind of there's just more of a business side to it that I wasn't as aware of. Um, So like, for example, with the TV show that I sold, um, the agent I had at the time was kind of saying, oh, let's sell this show. And I had written a half hour comedy, you know, Um, but they wanted my dad to direct a pilot. And then they set up all these meetings with drama people. And I remember in the middle of the meetings, my dad was like, I think this is comedy. And I was like, thank you. Yes. That's what I wanted to do, you know, because it was like about my life, about like waiting tables and trying to like make yeah. it a writer, and it was just like a fun thing. Yeah. And they were like, no, 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 we've already set up the drama meetings, and Jim is associated with drama, so that almost worked against me in a way because mm. my identity was kind of melded with my dad's, and nothing to do with him. Like people just yeah. put us into that sure the same space like you know right so there was things to kind of work through and try and find your own kind of identity and stuff like you know definitely i mean i won't deny that it definitely you know after denomination people definitely will you know it's easier to meet people and stuff you know um but you have a kind of shelf life on that too <laughs> like it's it's, it's quick enough in Hollywood like you know yeah it yeah. moves fast I imagine yeah um, yeah but um you know and that is part I mean I you know I follow writers online different social media platforms working screenwriters and you know a lot of what they do and I'm answering people's questions is managing people's expectations of what to you know what to expect in the industry because it's not all about getting greenlit and in production. Being yeah. a working writer is yeah. just giving your take, maybe, you know, your pitch. And then if it is, if they are interested, then, you know, getting a development deal. But you can't really count on something being made. Would you say yeah. that's true? Totally. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I think more things don't get made than do which is depressing and I don't want to depress people, but I think like I've started to look at it in a different way. Like I kind of write something and it wouldn't be made and I'd be like, Oh, I failed, you know, or that script was a failure. And actually, or even if I wrote wrote my own script and I had someone attached and then they moved on to something else because they got offered a job and you can't blame them, you know? Um, And I just started to see it more as that I was constantly uh, learning and that, like the script is not some like it's it's something that you can revisit so it's always there so it's not really a failure it's maybe just not the right time for it now you know so I think because at one point I'd be like oh I have so much stuff that didn't get done but 
you know you can revisit it and it's not like as if it's all like you know something you can't ever touch again like you know maybe you can come back to it when it's time is right and you know so I think looking at it that way has helped me be a bit more positive about stuff and yeah I definitely feel like I hope that writing constantly has made me better in some way like you know and gotten rid of some bad habits I would have had and to start overwriting for sure like you know yeah so yeah I guess to learn how to put things to one side if they're not going right now like that's probably yeah. important um but I was wondering Actually, like unfortunately, sorry mm. unfortunately, somebody gave me yeah I got really good advice that I completely not ignored but just thought oh that can't be true and it was totally true <laughs> and it was like this guy uh, who said to me you know because I'd sent something out and he was like forget about that now move on to something else and of course, I was like totally laser focused on hearing about that script, which is hellacious then when you're like sitting around waiting for something, you know. So I think he said, like, try, try and do a few things at once and forget about what you've sent out, which is a good, really good advice, because it's kind of like the more focused you are on something, kind of like the less likely you are to like, I don't know, it, to hear something good. You, not, you need to kind of divorce yourself from it in some way. And also... I think, you know, I also heard that you have to network and really meet people and kind of be knocking on doors that way, which I was very, very bad at doing for a long time because I was a bit shy and I'd be like, oh, I don't want to like annoy people, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was always like, no, if you just write a script, people will respond to it. And like, if it's good, they'll like it. And unfortunately, that would be great for like, you know, writers who are like, you know, a lot of the time we're kind of um, not that outgoing, but uh, yeah. you really do need to meet people. People are more likely to pick up something and read it if you have a relationship or you've met them a few times and they know what you, your face and yeah. I don't know, it's just the way it is, you know? Yeah, it makes sense. You'd like to think it's all about just the words on the page, but it's not like you, you need to have maybe a relationship with the, whoever it is, yeah. producer. Um, and you know how how did that work though like do do your agent for example uh approach production companies or would they approach your agent and how did you start to get these writing deals and how did you respond to notes whenever you got them a lot of the time i honestly got my own jobs i think you know um but um i have a guy a guy i just kind of started working with recently a manager who's actually one of the best people that I've worked with in the business so far but he's I've only recently started working before that I kind of just you know got my own jobs or somebody that I knew said hey you know I'll recommend you for something and that was how it worked you know and I mm. I don't really remember agents getting me anything you know um yeah and in fact I kind of had a fight with one of my agents and said I didn't want to be with them anymore because I was giving them a percentage even though they hadn't gotten me any jobs and yeah I, you know it's weird because some people have that experience and then other people say their agent is great and you know as I say the new guy I just met with is great but um yeah um i mostly got stuff through word of mouth and um notes wise i made the mistakes of you know uh 
sometimes addressing every note, you know, and sometimes you have to know what notes to address and what not, notes not to address. And I remember once I did a note that I didn't think was going to work because they had said to me, you know, do this note, but, you know, and then I did it and it didn't work. And they were like, we don't think this works. And I was like, but you said to do that. And it was like, <laughs> silence on the call and like, no. So I was like, okay, learn not, I've learned not to do that. But um, it was more about that there's, maybe what they're suggesting might not work, but it is about that there's a weakness that somewhere there that you yeah. should look at, you know, not necessarily do exactly what's being proposed, but maybe take a look at what they're talking about, you know, because yeah. often, you know, maybe they're not sure how they want to do it themselves, but there, there is something there that's not as strong as it could be, you know, but definitely don't do notes that you, obviously it sounds so obvious, but I wouldn't do notes now that I that don't work or that I, I wouldn't take on something and try to change it just to please somebody you know um yeah but I do think a lot of the time people are just trying to be helpful and you know um I try to like be really open to it and you know most of the time I'm in agreement and if it's if not I'll just you know sometimes even by the time you've done some of the other rewriting stuff the note is now no, no longer relevant do you know what i mean yeah so it's just about trying to be open but also finding your own kind of way to be you know knowing what you don't want to do as well and sticking to that like you know and being strong sure. enough yeah yeah um and then i was wondering you know obviously there's the writer's strike happening at the moment in hollywood yeah. and from what I've been hearing about working conditions, it is horrible. You know, they have, there used to be, from my understanding, writers rooms on TV shows where there'd be like four experienced writers and two mid-level writers and two entry-level newcomers. And, you know, the newcomers would learn and, you know, prepare for their next stage of their career and kind of move on up. But now there isn't a budget for that many writers in a room and they're doing mini rooms and they're mm. giving less money for more work. And I mean, how yeah. aware of you are of all these problems and what do you think is gonna be, do you think it's gonna yeah, be no, resolved it's soon? Yeah, it's horrible. And I always find writers are the least respected people and it's really annoying because I do think the script, I mean, everyone contributes to making a great film, but like the script is the foundation, you know? So it's always really annoyed me how disrespected writers are. And like now people aren't getting, um, you know, residuals and stuff. And the streamers started off saying, oh, you know, uh, we don't have any money and like give us a break. And now they're making billions and they can easily afford to pay the writers more, you know. So it's not and it's not about writers trying to like ruin things for other people. It's about big corporations are not wanting to pay like you know what i mean yeah. um, and i also think like with ai and stuff it's a bit alarming and it's all i almost feel like all creatives like need to kind of really make a statement about that and, and yeah. kind of before that gets really out of hand like you know what yeah. i mean um i mean what kind of actor or director would you be if you agree to perform work that's been made by a computer or you know yeah that's kind of you have to take a stand against that as well possibly yeah totally i think because everything it's not just going to be writers it's going to be everything like and yeah you know 
are, as a director, are exactly what you're saying. Would you direct a film that's written by, <laughs> you know, AI? Yeah. Like, it's just crazy, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's really kind of something that needs to be addressed. And, um, and yeah, the mini rooms and stuff. I know people were saying, you know, I heard it, like, they were saying... Uh, they were coming up with all the ideas and then the show would get greenlit and then they'd be turfed off the project. Like, you know what I mean? But they were kind of coming in and saying loads of stuff and getting paid for a couple of weeks and then it would be like, bye, you know? Um, yeah. And people just can't, it's becoming completely unsustainable as a, as a, as a job mm. and I think that needs to change, you know? Yeah, it is. Yeah, hopefully it can be resolved, you know, and they'll come to a fair deal. Um. Mm. And I was wondering, you know, is there anything, I mean, you're probably working on several things now, but is there something in particular you have coming up that we might be able to watch in the next few years or? Yeah, I hope so. Um, uh, I'm doing, I think the thing that I was doing in um, IADT, you remember that, I don't know if you were there when I pitched this TV show oh, yeah. about this kid. Yeah. So I'm doing that now with a producer, Jason Ford and Screen Ireland. And that's, that's been going really well. It's about a, a kid who's like, um, he's like got this great talent for singing and her father like gets out of prison and he would have had this big career. And now he realizes, Oh, I can kind of live vicariously through my daughter. He's more charming like than a lot of these stage dads, but it's, it's really about a kid trying to find her voice. And it's kind of, got echoes of all those child stars uh, stories where like with Britney Spears and Amy Winehouse trying to kind of break out of this patriarchal thing and even a family situation where you're being held back you know I mean it's more comedic you know yeah um, but we're also going to deal with a lot of, of heavier topics of, of, of addiction and really class stuff as well like you know asking about what it means when you come from a different class and you start making money and how how harder is that to manage like you know and wow you know, it seems a like lot there's a lot of different you know? themes and subject matter to to explore it sounds great no i love that when you first pitched it um in oh, the tv module it was very scary i was too scared to pitch that day but you valiantly <laughs> it was ahead. it was yeah yeah and you know i just wanted to say one thing as well before i go is that um uh, my mother as well, although people don't really know, they wouldn't have known her as a, she didn't write herself, but she was like an amazing teacher. And she also read all of our scripts and read my dad's scripts and always gave advice. And she was yeah. like also a storyteller as well, like, you know, and yeah. I feel like she hugely contributed to my love of, of stories because as I was saying, she was a teacher and she spent so long reading stories to us at night and just instilling a love of, of character and everything. And, and she was just, I, all, I often said like, oh my God, she had to like read all these scripts because so many people in the family are writers, but she was always brilliant. Yeah, she was amazing at, um, uh, you know, cutting to the heart of the matter and, and, you know, figuring out what you didn't really need and stuff. And she was just, um, and it came from her teaching and stuff. Like she was a primary school teacher and she taught loads and, uh, and she was just, actually, she was a great writer herself, which not a lot of people realize, 
but my dad had asked her to write a story I think for my uncle Vinny's uh, birthday and my uncle Vinny had Down syndrome and she wrote a story about their childhood and their lives together and it really blew me away and I was always like mom you have to start writing and she was like no I'm not a writer she never she was like I don't really she didn't really feel the need to pursue it but she was really yeah. it was an it was a very beautiful story you know wow that's great that's so, so nice. I, I, we were really lucky to have two parents who were just had a love yeah. of creativity and story and yeah you know it was really nice so I, I'm kind of I'm really grateful for that you know yeah, I was also wondering, is there anything that you've seen recently that that really spoke to you, like a movie or a TV show or a play that you felt you should recommend to others? Um, I mean, there's just the usual. I, I, I think Succession is a brilliantly written show, you know, um, and that was a hard one for me to get into actually because I hated the people so much in season one I was like I hate them all and then weirdly you know they grow on you because it is very well written so that was interesting yeah. I thought uh, Beef had a, had a lot of interesting moments a new show on Netflix okay um, I, I'm trying to think now because I'll always remember like after I'll probably think of something in a couple of hours and then I'll be like damn it I should have mentioned that um, yeah yeah uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I have my favorite kind of shows, you know, um, but um, trying to think Severance was also interesting. Um, the White Lotus. Um, I loved uh, On Colleen Kuhn, actually. That was oh, yeah. an Irish film that I really enjoyed. And that was interesting because it was a very, it was, it had a lot of confidence in what it was, I felt like, you know, and you really got to spend time with the characters and it didn't feel the need to rush through anything. And that takes the confidence and, you know, knowing the strength of your story. And I thought that was really interesting. And I was really okay. glad that did so well. It was lovely yeah. to see an Irish language film. That would be great to see more Irish language films, you know, getting, getting made and, and well received, you know, it just, I think that's a great thing actually as much as you know we can say stuff about streamers that they might not be doing things exactly the way we want them to and there's a lot to be said about that in terms of paying creatives but definitely i feel they introduced people to more kind of international productions and people seem more open to different languages and stuff where like 20 years ago it was all a lot more localized i think like people yeah. you know especially in america like people didn't americans didn't really have access to or watch TV shows outside of America because a lot of people at the top were always saying, oh, Americans don't want to watch that or people outside the country don't want to watch that, which was not true. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. It was another one of those things. Now you yeah. look at things like Dairy Girls doing so well internationally as well. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I'm kind of delighted those, those, you know, myths were proven wrong. Like, you know, like that people, mm. you know, they, because there was often like, even when I was pitching TV shows back in America, like, after in america you know they were like oh americans are really kind of america centric and they don't want stuff outside america and they only want to see their own you know country and none of that was really true like you know i mean yeah is that only so true because they're making it through true <laughs> exactly those are the things that drive me crazy it's like someone decided that who yeah. is probably like a money person and not really somebody has never even been tested so how would you know like you know so i get really happy when those things are disproven because i'm always like 
you know, I always feel that a good story really just finds its way to people and, and people like respond to it no matter what, you know, and I've just said that in the past and people said I was very naive. So I don't know, but I do think that's true. Like, you know, I yeah. think it's true. And it'd be yeah. nice to give smaller films and, and different films a bit more, you know, I don't know, room and access and, you know, kind of advertising, like, you know, um, so, you know, it's great because there's there's room for everything. I always feel like, you know. Absolutely. Um, well, listen, Naomi, thanks so much for joining me today on the show. It was lovely to talk thanks to you and minute. catch up a bit. And yeah, I hope we do manage to catch up again soon. Go to a movie, perhaps. Um, yeah. But best of luck be on great. all of your projects going forward. And you too. You too. I Thank hope you. everything is going well for you. Yeah, great to talk appreciate to you. it. Thanks, Naomi. Thanks. So that was my chat with Naomi Sheridan. I really enjoyed having her on the show. It was brilliant to talk to her and I can't wait to see what she does next. This has been Press Play and Surrender. Thank you for listening and please consider subscribing wherever you find your podcasts.